Welcome to Raspberry Tea Pod Chat. I'm Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Jo. <laughs> CCJ. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's the Raspberry Tea ladies. Well, two of us and a guest. Actually. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, Jo's here. Um, today, it's something different again. So last week we had Nikki Pattinson on who was talking about bringing your personality out in your customer um, communications, I guess. And this week we have the wonderful Becky Jameson on. And Becky, I'll let you introduce yourself and your, your business and things. But Becky is just my guru of all things to linked to customer journey and CRM systems and I'll let Becky explain all of that but she literally is the font of all knowledge and it's absolutely gorgeous and slightly funky and just really real with it so yes good morning Becky morning it's great to be here I'm not sure how I'm going to follow that amazing introduction but <laughs> it's all true it's just all true just be it's you that's how you follow that just be you tell tell us tell us about your business to start everybody off so they get a feel for who you are and where, where you're coming from with this so I am the managing director of a company called Unimax Solutions it is a family business that's been running over 25 years um, and I took over as managing director just before the lockdown hit. So perfect timing on my no part. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, so one of the things that I really noticed during that time, working in the world of CRM and putting systems in place from different types of businesses, was that things were really changing from a customer point of view. Um, and I come from a customer service background it was my first job straight out of school um, and it's something that I've always felt really passionate about and I think it's really vital to businesses so we recently launched our new products and services all focused around the customer journey because we really feel that it's vital to get right and it can make such a difference so yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing and, now. And I'm actually working with Becky at the moment. We've we're we're one session into a number of sessions mapping out Raspberry Flamingo's customer journey. Um, because I've got to have a change in software, bizarrely. A software company withdrawing their software that we use from the UK. And so I did a custom survey. And I now want to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to get our customer journey right and things. But following on from Nikki's session and and it's really about introduction to people which is I guess sort of the awareness stage of a customer journey isn't it it's when people first find you or first hear out hear about you moving into the second phase but I'll let you talk about that how how important do you think it is Becca because obviously we know it's important to get ourselves out there when we did this session you sort of said, you know, you don't do this enough, Claire. You don't do that enough, Claire. And I was like, I know, I know. Um, but a bit of it's scary because it's putting myself out there. So, yeah, let's let's talk about customer awareness. What, what are the important elements when people want to find your services as a business? 
I think from a customer awareness point of view, it's really interesting because, as you say, we don't want to shout about what we do and how good at it we are. So it's a very British thing to kind of step back and not really promote yourself well enough. And it's vital from an awareness stage that people can connect with you. So it's not just about you being available online and people being able to read about your brand and find out where you are on social media but it's really important to be you and connect authentically with those people because people regardless of the business size people do business with people so be aware of how you present yourself is equally as important as being aware of where you put your brand in and I think that's the bit that people miss sometimes you know you said it yourself it's when we were doing our session there were things that you didn't necessarily want to push straight away because you were going into that whole I can't do that mode but actually (laughs) it's a good job I wasn't there with you because I'd have been saying yes you can Claire go on get in there the thing is I know I can it's it as you'll say it is very British because I signed up for a workshop with one of the big big American names and purely because everybody talks about his books and things like that and I've never actually read any of them, never had any interest in him at all. He just dropped into my email or or I saw an ad on social media or something and his workshop happened to be on a day and a time, it was a lunchtime, I could go and I thought that'll break my day up really nicely. Oh my God. Since then, I must get, and this is no exaggeration, at least five emails a day from this guy. Over two products, the workshop was on one product, but he's then started emailing the other product. And literally, I get up every morning and there are five emails in my inbox from him. And they continue throughout the day. It's relentless. And that's there is definitely a British thing isn't there I think there's a a line isn't there there is a line Becky hopefully you'll agree with this that yes the way that they I shouldn't say they the way that the Americans the Australians in particular and I'm only speaking from experience I'm not making that as a general sweeping statement this is experience the Americans the Australians they are so out there that it does feel as if we are being bombarded and we are so much more restrained in that. So Becky, please tell us, please tell us a sensible approach. (laughs) I think it's a great point because it's cultural, isn't it? In some respects. And if you are a British business and you're doing business with an American audience, you definitely need to be sending multiple emails a day because that's what they expect. It's, It's the culture, it's you know it's how they like to be sold to whereas I think here in Britain we're a little bit more reserved as you say and we feel a little bit bombarded so I think the the good thing about looking at the awareness stage of the journey is looking at your customers because you know your customers you know how often communicating with them is comfortable and I think it's a lot about not necessarily doing what many, many people will tell you, many gurus and coaches will tell you, but finding that information, taking what's relevant to you and making that fit your audience because across every business, the audience is slightly different. And and you need to acknowledge that when you're working through your own customer journey because otherwise you'll end up with, as as you say, Claire, five, six emails a day 
to somebody that doesn't want to read five or six emails a day and they'll get very turned off by that and unsubscribe from lists and turn off from content and that's the opposite of what we want so I think it's very much yeah. about learning your audience and, and giving them what they expect but then you've got that or for some people they'll be that but I would want this so I feel comfortable doing it. so for example if somebody goes well if I got an email every two weeks that'd be okay for me Mm-hmm. But then if their customers actually would prefer an email a week, it's, it's, that's the difficulty, isn't it? And that's the importance of working through your customer journey. I think it's taking yourself out of it. It's not what you want. It's what your audience wants. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, particularly the British people, because we are quite reserved. We don't know how to push ourselves forward. We, the people who do it, there's a very fine line between doing it well and being arrogant. Yeah, no, agreed. I think a great tip for anybody that's looking at that stage is to find somebody that you trust that's not not family, but perhaps a, a business contact that you've got a really good relationship. Jump on a Zoom session and ask them to tell you what they think of you why they think you're good at what you do because you'll be really surprised at the terminology they use at the enthusiasm they have about you and what you do because sometimes as you say we can't see ourselves through those eyes so it's really important to get other people's opinions of where you sit in the marketplace so when you're working with your coaching clients is that something that you find a lot that they don't see themselves as they are And that's the beauty of doing the work that I do, that I absolutely can see so much more in people than they can see themselves. And I see the power. I see the confidence. It's just there. It just needs a little bit of encouragement to eke it out. And then the more you do things, um, you know, look at my Instagram posts. I would never have been sitting looking to camera and doing reels and doing videos and anything like that. I would never have done that. But actually I coach that to people and I now need to start seeing it in me and I am seeing it in me more and more. And as a new business, Becky, that's that's been quite difficult. So for all sort of new business people at a, at a relatively you know, fresh stage in, in building their businesses, this is even more important, isn't it? Because it's actually difficult to know who your client base is going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I do try to eke that out of people and the shifts that we've seen are phenomenal. So from a business perspective, if you can do the same, Becky, your job must be absolutely amazing (laughs) to see the results. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite in the, in the sphere that you are, Jo, from a coaching point of view, but I think when it comes to this kind of thing, we get a a, a similar result on, on that particular aspect um, it's really nice in in my industry to see people go from that quiet. I'm not sure if I can do this to seeing that retention and and people recommending them and that staying with them longer, which is ultimately what we want because that's where the real kind of profit is from a customer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's really rewarding and and really enjoyable because I get to almost work in a different business each week, which is great. Which I guess is the same for us, isn't it, Claire, that my clients are all different. And certainly within Raspberry Flamingo, we're writing for 
our clients, but actually we're writing for their customers. And, yeah. and it's a whole new world, that, isn't it? And, and, and it's bonkers, isn't it? Because, you know, Becky will know this because we, we went through this in my, our last session. But, you know, the only the only sector Raspberry Fling Go doesn't work for is engineering at the moment. And when when you think that from law to medicine to trades to manufacturing, it's, it's just bonkers. But that for me that's what brings the enjoyment and I, and I think that variety and like you said Becky learning about other people's businesses is just so amazing and so rewarding and becoming part of their team is just incredible I think that's what keeps business fresh if you're constantly in talking to different people and learning new things and it, it's just brilliant but yeah you're a natural on videos Anybody who was in your body shop group and seeing you put the Dolly Parton wig on and sing knows that you're a natural on videos because you just don't care. You are just you and you just put yourself over. Now, I know it's slightly different now because what you're doing now isn't for fun. What you're doing now is to, to address serious issues with clients and to attract clients to you and all that sort of thing. But even though you, you don't feel comfortable doing it, you're an absolute natural at it. It's, it's strange, actually, and it, it's right what you say. When I was uh, had the body shop business, it was pure fun. You know, it was that was like a hobby, I suppose. And I've made that shift now to a career with my coaching. But actually, it's still me, isn't it, that people are mm -hmm. looking to buy. And, and Becky, I know you'll agree with this here. And Nikki, that's exactly what Nikki was talking about last week. Actually, yes, it is a serious matter that we're talking about, but it's still me as a coach that they need to trust, that they need to know, that they need to like, that, you know, they can come to me. And it's a very difficult situation for me to be stepping into from how I used to be. Because I've gone from being this corporate person for 20 odd years, as I was, you know, the real serious person that could never be me to then suddenly go in the other way with the body shop where it's just like, that's it. It's all out. And now I'm having to sort of hone it back in a bit. Um, so yeah, Becky, from a, a customer experience perspective, that's, that's a bit of a difficult. How do you challenge. find it, Becca? How do you find this for you in your company? Because you're there giving everybody else, taking everybody else through the steps to make sure their customer journey is right. But you've got to be you and you've got to attract your customers as well. And I personally have seen a shift in you over the last two years. Now, I'm not going to say any more than that because it's up to you how much you share. I can see a massive difference in you from when we met to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. So when we first met kind of pre-pandemic, pre um, I was very much running a family CRM company and it was very much about... Okay, my parents have spent 25 years building this business. I need to, to carry this like a baby. I need to attract the same kind of customers. I need to make sure that I'm still giving out that corporate impression. So, you know, I'm quite heavily tattooed. The first time I, I went out to those larger networking groups, I'd, I'd cover those up a little bit more. And I'd, I was kind of giving the impression that I thought my parents wanted me to give out still. And I, I had this realisation very early on that it just didn't work for me. 
and I wasn't being authentic and actually that was almost putting people off a little bit because they could tell that I wasn't being authentic which meant that whatever message I gave them next wasn't authentic so they didn't have any trust in me so I remember the the smaller networking events and and you know meetings I go to I'm always myself you know I'll have kind of cropped jackets on so you can see a little bit of the tattoos and you know I'll I'll, I'll be myself a lot more but I just I went to one of these events and I, I came away thinking that's just not who I want to be and I need to be more authentic. So the next event I came to, I literally had a vest top on. I'd kind of done my hair a little bit messier, got a little bit more makeup on. And I, I just had a different approach to it. And that's kind of been where we've got to with now delivering this customer journey because I, I, I like the world of CRM. I like what it it does for businesses I love what it does for the business owners and the time it gives them back yeah but ultimately my passion lies with giving business owners that time back and looking at their customer journey as a whole and everything that I can help deliver to make it a better experience for everybody that yeah. comes into contact with that business um, and especially on larger businesses you know that can that can be quite difficult to, to understand how you get everybody within your business to be authentic while mm. still keeping the brand intact um so yeah we've massively shifted what we do as a business I've shifted my approach to it which has made a big difference um I'm now working more with companies that I want to work with as opposed to what my parents would have chosen to work with because yeah. we're different people of course um and, and yeah, it's definitely, I've almost found my confidence in it. You know, as, as Joe said, it's, 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 it's been a journey for me too. Mm -hmm. um, I think coming from a co corporate job into, into Unimax, which is a smaller business, I, I brought some of that corporate with me and I didn't need to. Yeah. And actually the, the best advice I'd give myself two years ago would be to just be authentic and just what what do you want to do and how do you want to deliver that in a way that's going to speak to people and I think I've, I've now got that happy medium right and it, it seems to be working well yeah it's, it's amazing the difference in you and I can't now you've said all that I can see all that but I couldn't have said Becky was like that and Becky is now like that just been a transformation mm. it's been a transformation that's been very real it's not it I think if people try and invent who they are transformation goes the opposite way doesn't it and it goes you know it's it's like we see some presenters some people who, who go up on stage um you know might call themselves motivational speakers or whatever they want to call themselves and it's it's like they become a different person to go on stage mm. And then when you actually follow them on social media or get to know them or whatever, you can tell that that's not really them. I, I, I don't, I get that people need to put a mask on sometimes to deliver something. You know, if they're not feeling confident, if they're nervous, sometimes, you know, a mask needs to go on so yeah. people see confidence. Yeah. I get that they're, but to do that as a, for a living, to try and be somebody else, a living must be absolutely exhausting and I'm not I, saying you were you were in that bracket at all Becky please don't offense that because that wasn't intended by that but I could 
you are now just more naturally you. And how much easier, how much easier, Becky, is life to be like that? So much easier. I think the thing that I found really difficult was the takeover of the business and suddenly being responsible for it. And I kind of felt like in my in my personal life, I'm very much like this. I'm I'm me. I always say, you know, I'm I'm not a variety bag of walkers. I come in one flavour. This is who I am. Um and I like that. <laughs> and which flavour would you be? <laughs> not sure. <laughs> but I and I found that she's a salt and vinegar girl. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> strong and strong and uh, uh, yeah. I but everybody's favourite. To pull that into my new managing director role. Almost yeah. like people expected something different from me now. Mm. Um and actually being able to let go of that and going, no, I am Becky, this is who I am, was was really changing for me and how I came across to the business community but equally to what's happened within the business and and the, yeah. the freedom I've now had to to flex and change and bring in new new offerings did and you find like, did you find it difficult to sort of take that step back and go what do I want to do with the business because you know a lot of people like me you, you start a business you know it's it's no no um secret raspberry flamingo was created for me to earn a living um mm-hmm. from behind a laptop because i didn't know at that stage if i was going to be able to work and it's grown into something amazing but i this is why one of the reasons i'm working with you becca is because i can't actually take that step back and go what do i do with it now it's it's become what it is is what it's become where it should be or or do I need to make some changes here because of what it's become? So how easy was that for you to take that step back and look at your own business when you're actually in it? It was really difficult to start with. When I first joined the company, my parents always said, you know, the, there's a there's a business here, Becky. You've got an office, you've you've got some funds. If you want to create something different, you know, go do it. You don't you don't have to keep doing CRM. But in my head, all I heard was, you do have to really keep doing CRF because that's what we've built for 25 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would have never chosen to go in CRM um, just because, truth be told, I'm a little bit of a technophobe. <laughs> I, I can't use an iPhone. I, I physically cannot do it. That's the revelation <laughs> of the century for me, is that? That's, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm definitely an Android girl. Um, so it took me a long time to fall in love with CRM. Mm. And I, I did. And I, and I love implementing systems and I, I can, you know, configure them with my eyes shut these days. But it was a hard learning curve for me because the, the tech industry wasn't my passion. Mm. What I found was in every system that we put in place, there was an element of this customer journey that was coming through in every delivery. So we start everything with a workshop and a lot of my questioning about what you need in your system is around what your customers experience, what you need to capture as a business, what the purpose behind that is, how that's going to give you return on investment on a later date, how that's going to retain more customers. And when I sat down and had that thought of, 
in a mid-pandemic when we were at a point where we were we'd got everybody was furloughed apart from me um and I was you know I remember it was beaming hot outside you know I was getting Facebook updates from everybody else in the office of them in beer gardens or homemade beer gardens and you know the beer, uh, the pubs that everybody built in their garden um and I was sat in the office trying to figure out what I was going to do next and it, it, it dawned on me that I did this naturally but what I wasn't doing was offering it as a service yeah I was just giving it away for free and I think we do that a lot as business owners because we want to be really helpful mm-hmm. so I think taking the plunge and delivering a different service was really big um and you know, Claire, you did our content for the website and our website copy and other Claire um, did our new branding. And I just came out of that whole experience with this new refreshed view on what I was going to be delivering to people and how I was going to be helping people, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel completely reinvigorated in the business. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years um and I find I've got that happy medium between what I've learned to love through kind of historic nature of the business yeah and kind of where my passion as an individual lies and I've managed to create something that marries those two quite nicely was it scary really scary really (laughs) it's still quite scary because it's still quite new um but I still feel a lot of pressure that I've made this change and I'm responsible if it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 this has kind of been my first big business change. Uh, I, guess, I guess for your existing CRM customers, mm. they won't see a massive change other than a bit of a rebrand. No, they're the new customers that are coming on board that are going to see a whole different front end, isn't it? Yes. The only difference for the existing customers is if they review what they're doing currently, we can help with a few extra bits and pieces there. But yeah, it's the the new customers that we're bringing on board that will see the big change or won't actually see a change. Won't see it, will they? Because this is new. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's been. I think the scariest thing was changing the messaging because we'd built um, a very clear message, especially across social media platforms about what we did and how we did it and why we were good at it and why to come and work with us. And then suddenly we had to completely change that messaging. Um, Do you think though that is just you feeling that and sensing that because everybody has had to change in some way, shape or form. The last two years has brought a whole new world for everybody. So you are sensing that yourself. However, do you know that your clients or your potential clients are actually feeling that? They're probably not. And I think this this again comes with mapping the customer journey. We we mapped it out in a way that the new customers coming in will not will not see a change I definitely am still feeling that change yeah Mm. um and and what's really interesting is when you try you start forming that map there are bits on on it that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable 
and it, it's supposed to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable so I think I'm just coming out of that now um yeah. but I was definitely <laughs> Claire's cringing at this point <laughs> I tell you what look, going, session in. <laughs> going into coaching it just teaches you to encourage people to dig that little bit deeper and to ask some deeper questions and the commitment that you've put Claire into the business is to start asking those deeper questions isn't it and to let somebody yeah. come in and assess the business and Becky what you're doing is only for the best outcome yes. of of the customers at the end as well as your you know your direct clients um, your direct customers it's for the best for everybody isn't it because you've done your research you know how this needs to work how it should work and and how it can work brilliantly so to put that out there Becky it's the best thing <laughs> it's I I know even even the very first session you know I thought I knew my customers and I do know my customers and my prospects but just saying it to somebody in definitive terms feels very strange yeah mm -hmm. you, you all know me I'm not particularly organized I'm not particularly systems orientated I like to go with the flow on any one day um but I'm very aware now the business is past that it can't be sustained by me going oh I feel like doing this today um it's not quite as bad as that um but I know I need to put systems and procedures in place and I need to get this sorted so it is sort of uncomfortable, even though you're, you you drew out a lot of information that I didn't even know was there. And that was quite interesting. I think that's, sometimes you're too close to it yourself, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, massively. And that's why I was interested in how you went through the process, because every time I sit down and think, I go, well, there's that option, there's that option, there's that option, there's that option, there's that option. I don't know. I'll just carry on. Um <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've got to bring external people in because I can't. I am way too close to it. Just can't see it. So I can imagine how making those decisions on your own. And I know you weren't on your own because you've got your team around your butt. Um, you know how making those decisions on your own. It, it must have been massive, massive. I think that the biggest thing for me was definitely imposter syndrome and and feeling like I'm not the right person to do this I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this yeah. and and I always you know and you, you've probably heard me say this before Claire I, I I believe very very strongly that you should do something every day that your future self thanks you for. Yeah. Now, it doesn't matter how small that is. You know, I, I regularly fill the tea bags up in the kitchen and the next day I'll be like, oh, thanks, Becky. That was really helpful. Um, because we need we need to make sure that we're, we're giving ourselves that thanks. So I started writing myself almost little mantras of things that I'd done that were really positive to get me to where I needed to go. Yeah. And when I started my day, I'd start with all the little thanks and what that did was put me in the mindset that I wasn't an imposter and actually I'd achieved xyz already so yeah. why could I not go on to achieve even more um but I think that that's something that a lot of us struggle with um and it's it's something that you probably work with quite a lot Joe, yeah. um from a coaching point of view yeah but I found once I got over that 
and, and surrounded myself with other business owners that are very good at what they do and they're experts in their field. And I think being accepted by those people really helped me believe in what I was doing and that I could achieve it. Um, so th that definitely helped. I think it's important as well to realise that um, for every level, there's another devil. So every time you step up in your business, um, I heard that the other day and it's absolutely stuck with me and I'm saying it all over the place now. I don't know who's copyrighted it, but there we go. Um, and it's absolutely true. You know, you'll step up with something in life. You'll step up with something in your business. A new challenge will come along. You might think that you've dealt with all these ghosts in your cupboard, you know, and that you've, you've, you've dealt with all your confidence issues, but actually you are always going to be developing and you will always come up with new systems and new processes. That imposter syndrome will hit again at some point. Just be ready for it, be mindful of it, and you will get through it in exactly the same way. And I say to my clients, you know, you might be struggling at this moment, but you've got a bloody good track record of getting here. So whatever you've gone through to get you here, you can go through again. And I think the way that you're developing the business now and you've proven that you can make that step up and you are doing things for you know for the greater good aren't you for the for the better outcome and um, i have one question about customer experience because okay. in the corporate world i was customer relations um manager so mm -hmm. i managed customer complaints for years in the bank um and also we did an awful lot around the customer journey and customer experience now that's probably about 10 years ago do you see a massive change in customer expectations and customer experience? And how are you seeing that impact the businesses that are coming through now to work with you? Definitely. I think there was a general shift anyway over the past couple of years in, in the conversations that I was having with businesses on, on the fact that because now we've got more than information than we ever need online and yeah. you know there's the a site for everything we're, we're bombarded with information and people expect information to be readily available on the topic that they want when they want it they will not look for five minutes through your website to find out what they're looking for they need yeah. it in front of them yeah um and I think that was starting to happen anyway and we were having some conversations with you know slightly larger companies about how they could answer more questions and how they could capture more information at each point because their needs were changing um and during the lockdown that was really magnified if you think about a lot of people during lockdown they were sat on their phones or their tablets we couldn't go out shopping for clothes yeah. or you know toiletries all those kind of things I mean I know you could still go to the supermarket but those speciality items that you wanted were difficult yeah so we did our shopping online and if it wasn't available in stock somewhere you went on a different website you didn't pre-order something yeah people were having three or four deliveries a day and you know they, they were consuming quite a lot um, you know, I had a, a thing during lockdown where if something didn't stay in my Amazon basket for 72 hours, 
it wasn't getting purchased because I needed to make sure that I actually wanted it because I was getting a bit of magpie syndrome. <laughs> oh. oh, yes, we love magpie syndrome, don't we, Claire? Not <laughs> older. So customer loyalties are changing, aren't they, as well? Definitely, definitely. And we're seeing now we've come out of that and people can go to shops again, that actually the businesses that we're seeing a lot of traction during lockdown have slowed down because yeah. people don't have to purchase online, even though it's still some people's preference. You know, going with your friend for a coffee and a quick wander around shopping centres, come back in. You can do it again now when people want to. So loyalties have definitely changed. And I think that our expectations generally as customers have changed. We, we still want things now we are you know I was in a shop with my husband the other day and they didn't have something in his size and he's very loyal to this particular brand and he made a purchase on his phone while we were in the shop and and that to me was quite interesting because it was almost a, a perfect example of of the hybrid purchasing that we now do yeah um and, and more businesses are now taking that into consideration and looking at ways that they can keep people engaged for longer periods of time rather yeah. than just that five, 10 seconds that people tend to spend online before they move on. Yeah. So yeah. we have covered absolutely all sorts in this. It's been fascinating to me. It's been even scarier than than it was before for Claire, because I think she's realising what Becky's going to be eking out of Raspberry Flamingo is it's it's for the greater good. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, Becky, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed being here and been able to encourage people to take the next step, I guess, whether it be personally, whether it be in business. Now is the most brilliant time to make changes to really consider your customer journeys, to really consider customer experience in everything that you do. And we would love to hear everything about your experience as well. So Unimax Solutions. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. Becky's nodding her head. That is the name to be looking out for. If you need any help, contact us or go straight to Becky. Um, Becky can help with your CRM system. She can help with your mapping of your customer journey. And Claire's still cringing as we talk about that. So it would be absolutely <laughs> amazing um, to hear from I'm anybody that really. needs any help. I'm, I'm looking forward to it more than cringing, honestly. <laughs> I just, I just it's, it's the whole change thing, isn't it? It's difficult for people. Now but I'm going through it. I'm, absolutely. I'm prepared. Yes, she's there. She's She's got a vim and vigour. She's got a lust for life and she's going for it. Becky, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you. on that note, folks, I think it's time for a brew. Okay, bye.